Hi, everybody. Welcome to Trek Trek. I'm your host, Justin Chang, and with me is Randy Nelson. Hey, everybody. Time's running out. Got to get your uh, 2014s while they last. (laughs) It's like a time travel episode. Oh, no. The next time we have one, it will be uh, a year from now. We're going to jump ahead a year. Yeah. A full year. It's going to be... We'll be in December of 2015. (laughs) Yeah. We'll just wonder what what happened. We'll still be watching uh, Enterprise, though. Yeah. Uh, Of course, just the next episode of Enterprise. Yeah, we'll just take a year off. Hopefully, you'll all wait a year for our next episode. (laughs) We'll be a great cliffhanger. No, we're not doing that. No, no, no. I'm just being silly. Anyways. How's it going? Uh, pretty good. How was your holidays? That was good. Um, decidedly void of any Star Trek, except for the episode that we watched. Um, actually, I would say that last holidays, um, last Christmas, was definitely more Star Trek-y. Um, my significant other made me a pair of Star Trek pajamas last year, um, with some really cool, um, uh, patterned kind of a classic original series, Star Trek, uh, what do they call that stuff? Fabric. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I think I got a couple of, last year I got a couple of seasons of TNG on Blu-ray. And so it was, and, oh, and, uh, a, a set of next generation of the next generation crew as Pez dispensers. Mm. And then this year, you know, I know people are listening to this for Star Trek, but this year it was all Star Wars. So I think that it kind of goes, I'm getting the sense that it kind of goes back and forth. <laughs> so it's kind of like Star Wars one year, Star Trek the next. That's how I have to balance things out. I'm pretty sure next year is going to be a Star Wars year again. Yeah, I think it's going to be kind of hard to avoid it. But um, yeah, I mean, there's been, I mean, there's some news just recently in the Star Trek world about um, the next Star Trek movie, right? Oh, uh, yeah, they uh, have a release date. Um, yeah. I don't remember what it is. <laughs> it's uh, It's still a ways off. But it's the director of um, Fast and Furious, right? Yeah, uh, Justin Lin. Oh, it's not coming out until July 8th, 2016. So I guess it's just going to be a year on and a year off. There next, you go. Next, t- next year, we're going to get Star Wars and after that. How about your holidays? How were they? Uh, You know, fine. I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't too special, but it's nice to have a little break. Yeah. Um, I was tempted to watch more enterprise but i held off yeah <laughs> so that we can we can do it the right way right talk about it and hopefully watch some together exactly in the same part of the world so yeah same part of the state i guess <laughs> wait no same part of the western united states that's right uh yeah you want to just start talking about uh, this episode yeah give us the deets on this one we're gonna talk about Star Trek Enterprise, Season 1, Episode 5, Unexpected, original air date, October 17th, 2001. Uh, We open in Archer's bathroom. He's taking a shower. It's a traditional shower with water as opposed to a sonic shower. Oh, yeah. I hadn't even kind of put that together, that I hadn't seen anyone take a water-based shower on Star Trek before. Yeah. Suddenly, the artificial gravity cuts out, and Archer and the water are floating around. Uh, Archer calls the bridge to find out what's going on, and Reed informs him that there's a problem with the gravity on his deck. Uh, The gravity switches back on shortly after Archer asks when it will be fixed. 
and Archer falls to the floor. Uh, then the opening credits hit. When we come back, it's the mess hall. Uh, T'Pol is getting some Plomic broth for breakfast. That Plomic broth is back. Uh, Dr. Flox says it's not very adventurous, and he offers her some blueberry pancakes, but she is repulsed by it. Uh, she claims to have tried human food before and that it didn't agree with her, but Flock says that the Vulcan digestive system is very adaptable and that, quote, when in uh, Philibia, do as the Philibians do. <laughs> uh, T'Pol responds that she finds it difficult enough to smell the human food and that eating it is out of the question. She tries to get some water carbonated, which Flock says is adventurous. Uh, but she ends up getting some black sludge in her cup instead. <laughs> well, you know, I made a note that that actually looked a lot like the um, coffee drink that, um, what's his name? Neelix on Voyager makes in that yeah. one episode. I had the yeah. exact same note. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if it was just, you know, oh, that let's just do whatever they did in that episode of Voyager. That looked gross. <laughs> Uh, in engineering, Trip is informed that there's a temperature problem on one of the decks, and here's about a power fluctuation in the starboard nacelle. So everything's out of whack on Enterprise. Mm, basically, yeah. Uh, Archer enters and asks for a status report, and it's just dropping out of warp. Uh, Trip says he just needs a minute to figure things out. Just then, something catches fire near Archer, so Archer grabs a fire extinguisher and puts it out. And Archer gives Trip an I told you so look, <laughs> and uh, Trip tells Mayweather to drop out of warp. On the bridge, T'Pol says she might have found the problem. Uh, she, Trip, Archer, and Reed have a meeting in which she shows that something is distorting the Enterprise's wake pattern. Archer suggests igniting some plasma exhaust near the distortion. Uh, they do, and discover a cloaked vessel, which is the source of the problems with the Enterprise's systems. Uh, the aliens say that they mean no harm, uh, that they're sharing the Enterprise's warp field because their warp reactor is offline. Uh, in Sick Bay, Trip is getting prepared to go over to the alien vessel. We are told it'll take uh, three hours of decompression each way. So Trip is going to stay on the alien ship until the job is done, and the job will take three days. Um, the aliens have received Trip's dietary requirements, but T'Pol tells him to be diplomatic when it comes to the food in case it's not to his liking. So basically don't say, ugh, what is this crap? Yeah. <laughs> I need a hamburger, please. <laughs> Mayweather takes Trip to the alien ship via a shuttle pod. Mayweather comments that they don't know what the aliens look like, and Trip says it's like a blind date. So some foreshadowing there. Trip enters a uh, a chamber that's kind of like a well. Uh, suddenly, some sort of gas is being pumped into the chamber, and uh, Trip starts freaking out a little bit. On the Enterprise, Archer gets a call from Trip. Uh, Trip is very anxious and has been calling Enterprise a lot. Uh, Trip is in the decompression process and has about 45 minutes left, we're told. And uh, he's playing this game that's basically Simon when the doors open. And <laughs> then he finally walks onto the ship proper. And Trip is out of it. He's It's like he's been drugged. Everything's in slow motion. And uh, Yeah, it was pretty 
hard. I don't know. I found it a little hard to watch. Like, it made me feel a little ill. Like, <laughs> I think they did a good job, at least, of conveying, you know, that the, how he was feeling. Mm-hmm. Like, it just, it seemed like the, the kind of the whole atmosphere on the ship was just kind of, like, really heavy and, like, hot and humid or something. It just kind of gross by our kind of uh, standards, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. The captain of this alien vessel uh, suggests that Trip take a rest, but Trip wants to start working on the engine right away. Uh, he passes by an aquarium filled with eels before he starts working on the warp reactor. I'm not exactly sure why they cut to this scene, other than to show that it's like this alien vessel. Yeah, it's very... I, I Basically, my note was that it's very alien. Um, more so than, you know, in, in old Star Trek, um, previous Star Treks and in general, uh, you would just kind of transport over to an mm-hmm. alien ship and just be fine. Mm-hmm. But so far now we've seen, you know, a, a ship um, in one of the previous episodes we watched where they had to wear environment suits. And now you've got one where they have to undergo a three hour process just to be able to, you know, kind of breathe mm-hmm. on the ship. So Yeah, that's a good um, point. Uh, on Enterprise, Archer is reading a book when he gets a call from Trip. Uh, Trip has a fever and is having trouble focusing. Archer calls the captain of the alien ship, who tells Archer that Trip needs to rest. So Archer orders Trip to take a nap for at least an hour. <laughs> uh, when Trip awakens, he seems to be feeling a lot better. The camera isn't doing the crazy motions it was before. <laughs> the camera person's also feeling better, <laughs> clearly. Yeah, everything's moving at you know regular speed. Mm-hmm. Um, the female alien that was working alongside Trip, uh, she's the engineer of this alien vessel, uh, she tells them that their food grows all over the ship. And then she gives Trip the their closest approximation of water, which looked like Jello cubes. Yeah, like clear Jello. And uh, yeah, she starts feeding Trip, mm-hmm. and when her fingers touch Trip's lips, there are these sparks. Literal sparks. Literal they, sparks. They want to show that there are some sparks between <laughs> these two, <laughs> and they're not being very delicate about it. Oh no! I mean, this show is yeah. <laughs> Everything's so far, very been, on the nose. Yeah, it's been very heavy-handed with things so far. Yeah. On Enterprise, T'Pol is speaking with Trip. Uh, Trip is rambling about the grass that grows on this alien ship. Uh, he's clearly enjoying his time aboard the ship now. And uh, while waiting for the coils to regenerate on the alien ship, uh, the engineer shows Trip a hologram of her homeworld. And it's uh, Trip's first experience on, you know, basically a holodeck. And uh, they end up on a boat, uh, a rowboat. She touches his face to feel his beard. And then this uh, the engineer makes a bowl full of small crystalline pebbles appear on this mm. boat. I thought it was going to be more water. Like, no, oh, <laughs> you really liked that water earlier. So here, I'm going to feed you some more. No, uh, no, it's just water a... flavored jello. <laughs> it's just a bowl of pebbles. Uh, she says it's a game, and uh, she puts her hand in the pebbles and tells Trip to do the same. And then she says you have to put both your hands in for it to work. Huh. 
and he does, and uh, they start reading each other's minds. <laughs> yeah. You know, as you do. Yeah, you know. Uh, someone in the reactor room calls the engineer, who we now know her name is Alen, and uh, she's told that the coils are ready. Cut to Trip re-entering the shuttle pod, where he tells Mayweather about his experiences. Uh, Enterprise and the alien ship have one last communication before the alien ship flies off, and Enterprise returns on its course. In the mess hall, Reed joins Trip for breakfast. Uh, Trip tells Reed about the holodeck and about Alen. Of course, Reed wants to know about their weapons. Because that's his job. <laughs> He's obsessed. We've said it before. We'll say it again. Reed is obsessed with weapons. But hey, I mean, that's, like you said, his job. So good yeah. for him. Yeah, you know. Trip then notices there's some sort of growth on his wrist. And Reed tells Trip to get Dr. Flox to check it out. In sickbay, Dr. Flox asks if his visit to the Zerillion ship, and I made a note, that I'm not sure, but this might be the first time the species is known by name. Mm, well, at least we've heard the character names earlier. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but we didn't get Alen's name until pretty far into the episode. Yeah, as well. they're they're not front loading that information. Yeah. Um. So Flox asks if his visit to the Zerillion ship had any involved any romance. Mm. And Flox, uh, why uh, ever would he ask that? <laughs> Well, apparently that growth on his wrist is a nipple, and uh, Trip uh, is what? Trip is Priggers. What? I'm sorry. I've seen the episode, as have you, but hearing that again, hearing someone else say that out loud, just, I'm sorry. We'll, we'll <laughs> talk about this in a bit, folks. It's a very unexpected development. Ooh, yeah. So you're saying there might be a Trip Jr. on the way? <laughs> Uh, Flox shows Archer and Paul the Zerillion embryo, and Flox informs them that the embryo does not have any of Trip's genetic material, since the Zerillions only use the genetic genetic material of the females, and the males are merely hosts, which I found very convenient. Uh-huh. Uh, Paul cannot believe that Trip couldn't keep it in his pants for three days. Uh, <laughs> It was pretty funny when when she was talking to him, actually. Yeah. Like, she Trip, was really just trying to give him a hard time. Trip is adamant that he was a perfect gentleman, and Paul makes more comments about meeting her holographic parents on this holodeck, and Archer is struggling to stop from laughing. Uh, Flock says that the Pebbles may have been the medium for the pregnancy, and uh, Archer says that they have to find the Zerillians in order to remove the embryo safely. And Trip wants to keep the pregnancy a secret between the four of them. <laughs> uh, in engineering, Trip is back on the job. He notices that the safety bar on the lift would be of no use to a small person, such as a child. <laughs> and he chews out a subordinate about how unsafe the lift is. For children. <laughs> on a starship. Yeah. Because, <sighs> you know, there's all these children running around the Enterprise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this isn't the Enterprise D trip. <laughs> Uh, there's Captain Starlog where the, where Archer says the Enterprise crew has been, has spent eight days looking for the Zerillians. Hmm. In the mess hall on the way to Archer's private dining room to eat with Archer and Phlox, uh, Trip, who is wearing a button down shirt and not his Starfleet uniform. And a comically oversized shirt? Yes. 
uh, thinks the crew is staring at him and whispering behind his back. Uh, and he thinks T'Pol revealed his secret. Uh, he shows Archer and Flocks the second nipple that is growing on his wrist. And uh, he's been covering that up with a bandage. Archer says Trip might have to consider that he has to deliver and care for the baby. Uh, Trip is clearly emotional and hungry during this conversation. Mm-hmm. Archer says the bright side that this is, as far as they know, the first interspecies pregnancy involving a human. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the bridge, the crew has found the Zerillion ship. Archer and Trip enter the bridge. And the uh, signature they found points them to a ship, a Klingon battle cruiser. Ooh, boy. Old school. Like, Old school. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Yeah, it's a nice uh, nice touch. Tabal mm-hmm. uh, says that the repairs didn't last long on the Zerillian ship, and the Zerillians are hiding in the Klingon vessel's wake, as they did with the Enterprise. Uh, Archer hails the Klingons, and the Klingons fire at the Enterprise. Um T'Pol says that if the uh, Klingons wanted to destroy them, they could. And that was basically the Klingon equivalent of a warning shot. Hmm. Uh, the Klingon captain appears on screen. Uh, Archer asks if they've been experiencing any weird mechanical fluctuations. And the Klingons think the Enterprise has been monitoring them. But Archer explains about the Zerillians. The Klingons are not as friendly as the Enterprise as they start, they immediately start firing at their plasma exhausts and use a tractor beam to snare the Zerillian ship. The Klingon captain orders that the Zerillians be executed for violating their security and disrupting their systems, both of which are acts of war against the Klingon Empire. Uh, the Klingon captain refuses to listen to Archer's pleas until T'Pol tells the captain about how Archer returned Klang to the Klingon homeworld back in Broken Bow. Um, Trip then says that the Zerillians have technology that may be of use to Klingons, uh, in particular the holodeck technology. The Klingon captain is more interested now, but he refuses to bring Trip along, so Archer and Trip have to come clean about Trip being pregnant. On the Zerillian ship, uh, Trip shows Alan that he is pregnant. Fortunately, it's still early enough to transfer the embryo to another host. Uh, and we also find out that the embryo is a girl. Hmm. Meanwhile, the Klingons are on Kronos in the holodeck. They are very impressed, uh, so much so <laughs> that they agree to release the Zerillians after the holodeck technology is installed on the Klingon ship. The Klingon captain says that their debt to Archer is repaid and that Archer will regret it if they ever see him or the Enterprise crew again. Mm, I wonder if they'll ever see him again. Um, I don't think so. I think this is it. <laughs> the last you've seen of these Klingons. Uh, in Archer's dining room, Archer says that the Zerillians will be able to get back to their home in about a month at full impulse. Uh, Archer asks to Paul if it's true that the Klingon Chancellor named Archer a brother she says that because Klingons are known to exaggerate, she saw nothing wrong in exaggerating herself. Mm-hmm. And Archer looks disappointed. <laughs> uh, he comments that Tripp's appetite has returned to normal. Uh, T'Pol informs Tripp that this is the first reported incident of a human male becoming pregnant. Mm-hmm. And Tripp says, just how I always wanted to get into the history books. And then the episode ends. <laughs> ching. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, this was not a good episode. No. <laughs> I mean, uh, okay, there, in my book, there were a couple of positives about this episode. Um, one, um, there was not much Hoshi at all. True. Um, and two... There was a lot um, of trip. Which oh, is, yeah, that was a big positive. I yeah. mean, it wasn't... The thing is, in other Star Trek series, I don't know if, if I'm just kind of blowing this out of proportion, so please tell me. But the it, it seems like when they have an episode on a, on any other Trek series where it focuses on just one character, usually there's some sort of character development there. And I didn't. I mean, it was nice to spend more time with Trip because I he's one of my favorite characters, or maybe my favorite character on the show. But nothing really seems to progress with him. Mm-hmm. We don't really learn more about him. We don't. He, not, he doesn't grow as a character. He just has this wacky thing happen to him. Uh, I, yeah, I do like how it was a flip of the usual, like, Captain Kirk thing, where mm-hmm. Captain Kirk sleeps with an alien woman and whatever. But this time he didn't, but he still ended up pregnant. Yeah, just from the description of the episode, I kind of got the sense that it was headed in the direction of someone gets pregnant or something happens. But I didn't expect this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean... The premise, okay, I made the junior joke, obviously, you know, the Arnold Schwarzenegger, the man, get, he gets pregnant. Uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen <laughs> that fine piece of uh, cinema history. Uh, but basically, I didn't, I will say, I don't think it's it was as bad as it could have been. But still, the premise of, oh, look, it's space, it's the future, aliens are weird, men can get pregnant. Like, I thought that was pretty not great and then the whole thing where he like he starts wearing the oversized shirt and then he starts acting really weird and it's just like really like come on <laughs> like oh th- this handrail this is a safety hazard for small children on the ship like what like he was literally you know, was like legitimately kind of losing it mm-hmm. and i don't think that's really fair to women all that much either <laughs> like are you saying that when women get pregnant, they're just totally irrational or. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, Oh, you know, I, I did like, we kind of quickly went over this earlier when you were going through the synopsis, but, um, I did like that the alien ship was very alien. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I, I mean, I'm probably overlooking, plenty of episodes on other series where this happened or other Trek series where this happened, but I don't really recall pre enterprise when they had to, you know, acclimate themselves to other alien ship, you know, other beings ships, which is kind of different. Um, I do want to say about that though. I think mm -hmm. the actual sets were kind of cheaply made. Oh, you, so did you notice that too? Yeah. Um, there was one specific in- instance, actually, when, um, he, so trips in the chamber where they're, you know, fogging him or whatever they're doing for three hours to like the decompression chamber. Mm-hmm. And when the chamber finally opens and the door goes to open, I'm like, oh, weird. Like the, the hatch has a wood grain. <laughs> and I was thinking, wait, is that like a, was that like a conscious choice? But then I thought, no, it's almost like they didn't put it in enough coats of paint on it. Yeah, and then they just have those, like, tubes, tubes everywhere, and they just look like, like 
you know, generic tubes. And there's just like the holodeck with, or whatever was just glitter. Yeah. Oh, another thing that, I mean, this is nitpicking, I'm sure, but it seemed almost like a continuity problem was when the shuttle pod, um, from the Enterprise docks with the alien ship. You see that the alien ship is, seems to only be a few times larger than the shuttle pod. Mm-hmm. Yet inside the alien ship seems pretty big. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a good number of crew members. They have this holodeck. I'm like, how is is it? Is did, maybe it's a TARDIS. It's yeah, bigger on the like inside. Maybe it's bigger on the inside, <laughs> or maybe like going through this this environmental acclimation made him smaller. Like, I don't know what was going on there, but it seemed really out of proportion. Because if you notice that when it's in the the plasma wake of the uh, the warp field wake or whatever of the Enterprise, it's really small compared right. to the Enterprise, which is already kind of a small ship, I think. Yeah, so. and yeah, it was bigger uh, on the inside, and there was supposed to be like 30-something of them on board. <gasps> right! Right, because when the um, when the, the Klingons scan the ship, they say there are 30 life forms. Something, something. I think that's when that happens. Um, clearly, these aliens also have never—they've never encountered humans, which makes sense because humans, you know, have this is the first time they've been out like this. But they've clearly never encountered the Klingons, or they would have known how dangerous it would be <laughs> to siphon off of their warp field. Like, you know, like anyone with any sense of self self preservation would probably not do something like that with a Klingon ship. Well, maybe. They- they were so desperate, and they mm. thought they could get away with it because mm. the, yeah, the Klingons hadn't noticed them. They mm-hmm. hadn't noticed them until Enterprise pointed them out. Mm-hmm. So, so apparently, this tiny ship, um, yeah, this tiny ship. Oh, and and at the very at the end of the episode, they ended up not getting their warp power back because they had to take um, impulse power back to their home planet. Right. Anyways, I mean, I know we're going into a lot of like technical specifics here (laughs) but it seemed like it was worth pointing out and then it kind of goes with the weird sets the sets being kind of you know not that impressive like when they went into the into the hologram chamber i guess because they didn't ever really call it a holodeck even though it was totally the holodeck um it was weird it was like uh are they trying to make this look like the original series like are they trying to make it look just totally like 60s 70s mm-hmm. anyways yeah the whole thing just struck me as very cheaply constructed it reminded me of like a power rangers episode or something <laughs> so i mean i i thought that the part the 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 aspect of the episode of at least the premise of you know them going to another alien ship um and helping them out and learning about them. And it was interesting because the aliens, like, she seemed like she was legitimately interested in learning about humans, too. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of interesting. It wasn't the most amazing, exciting space adventure kind of plot. But that was kind of interesting. But then when they got into the weird he's pregnant thing, I was just like, oh, how how much longer is this episode? <laughs> oh, it's twenty minutes. It's there's still twenty minutes of this. At least in the last fifteen minutes, you got some Klingons. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely welcome the pre-next generation Klingons to the fold. Um, 
you know, back to it, I guess, because the whole pilot was based around them. But um, I definitely, they're a lot of fun with their, you know, just total overreaction to everything. You know, bring us the captain and kill the rest. <laughs> like, whoa! Like, Archer was even like, uh, uh, come on, guys. Like, don't you think this is a little extreme? Uh, they didn't really touch upon T'Pol's adventurous eating again. Oh, yeah. That, that kind of just went nowhere. It yeah. It was like, it was almost like it was an excuse for her to order carbonated water and have it come out looking like Neelix's coffee substitute. Mmm. That coffee substitute. I was mm. really hoping we'd see that again. <laughs> we can only hope that Neelix will be following shortly. Mm. Well, I was thinking about, you know, an alternate universe version of this episode where Trip ends up delivering the baby and has to, like, care for it and becomes a new member of the Enterprise crew. <laughs> that would have been weird. Yeah. That almost would have... I, I want to say that that would have been what happened on a current sci-fi show. Like, they would have where there's a lot more continuity between episodes. Right. But like they almost would have had that happen and then had to deal with the ramifications. But this is very much get back to the status quo. Mm-hmm. Reset at the end of every episode. Yeah. So, so yeah, not so great. <laughs> I'm still going to say that, the, that Broken Bow has been the best of Enterprise so far, and I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, it, it picks up soon. Yeah, I mean, Broken Bow is the best, but it still had a lot of flaws. Mm -hmm. um, hopefully, things start picking up. Um, next episode is Terra Nova. Ooh. That sounds like a good name for an episode. Yeah. <laughs> but then again, um, Unexpected seemed kind of okay. But uh, Oh, next episode, um, not getting too far ahead, but it was directed by LeVar Burton. Mm. So uh, maybe there's some hope there. Uh, this episode, Unexpected, was written by Rick Berman and Brandon mm -hmm. Brega. Yeah, I noticed that. I mean, they've definitely had a lot of involvement so far in the episodes. Um, and this one was an odd one. <laughs> You've got the series creators and some, you know, two of the biggest names in Star Trek uh, going with a really wacky premise for an episode that wasn't necessarily that funny. <laughs> no, I mean, the premise is interesting. But the execution was no. not great. Not so. Oh well. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, we'll have to see how Terra Nova fares when we watch it for the next episode. Yep. Uh, that episode will be uh, in the new year. Yep. So everyone have a safe and happy new year and uh, engage or something. Make it so. Make it so. 